0: The yeah welcome to the Skin Nerd podcast, a enthusiast dream or a nosy Parker's delight as we delve into human skincare cabinets one product at a time. And in this episode, I am very excited to say that I have a beautiful woman that I met a good few years ago now in her kitchen, if I recall correctly, performing a facial. And it was the Snapchat days and I have in front of me right now, the beautiful Joanne Larby, aka previously known as, should I say, the makeup fairy. Hello.
1: Hi, how are you? You just appeared one day in my kitchen. It was wonderful. So the Skin Nerd just all of a sudden started doing my facial
0: so you were like the makeup fairy and then I just was the skin fairy so I just appeared yes yes,
1: everyone Uh, needs a skin fairy
0: it feels like a million years ago in one way and yesterday in another way so much has happened in both of our lives since then Mm -hmm. so for me to have you on the show today I'm really excited to talk about you you're you you as a human as a human from top to toe you have the most stunning skin can I say
1: You do really? And I've just given out about it there a few minutes ago.
0: No, you have the most beautiful skin. So I want to learn a little bit about you, your skin, your skin journey, your skin woes. And then obviously now where you are in the social media world that we live in is that you're really after embracing after quite a difficult year online, you're really after embracing who you are, honestly, within your own skin. And it's so refreshing to see. And it's such a phenomenal... I suppose for me to witness externally, to only put myself into your shoes of the last year. And then to think, right, look at what you've done. You've completely, completely brought all your, your ability to perfect a photograph into a whole new world of, of real and raw. And I just think hats off to you for it because other people could have run away. And I think now what you're doing is you're becoming an ambassador for this is me. This is who I am. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were talking briefly before this, that when you're a creative soul and you want to be almost perfect in everything that you do, which is absolutely impossible, hence the name of the podcast. But it's less about feeling like you're perfect yourself and less a vanity thing and more about just putting your best foot forward in your most polished form. And now I'm kind of gone the other side where it's very much raw and real and who I am. And I've settled into my own skin a lot over the past few years internally. Like from an emotional point of view, I've gone through such a journey that I feel more me than I've ever felt before. So I think that translates into imagery and content online as well. So thank you for having me.
0: Not at all. Do you think that coming into your 30s is the change. Do you think that it's the industry that we live in that you actually end up being forced to know yourself better than ever before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you kind of, your late 20s to early 30s, you are discovering yourself, you've potentially traveled, gone through relationships or breakups and emotionally you've been through perhaps some grief or different things in life that life throws at all of us where you've come out the other side and you've learned a lot about yourself, but also you relax a little bit. I think you come into your thirties and you realize life is just to be lived and you see how precious it is and how certain things that you used to held in such kind of high esteem of importance and different levels of what used to be superficially important just aren't anymore. And that being happy and healthy and living on this earth the best we can and being kind is what it's all about. And then there was a relax online as well when the shift occurred kind of on social media. I think you're thrown in at the deep end a lot with social media. People see it as a very exterior kind of positive realm to be in. It's just free goodies and free trips and it's all real fancy. And we know that obviously there's a background to that and there's a lot of hard work and strife and there's negativity to kind of navigate through. And I think it teaches you a huge amount about your strength and your resilience, what you can tolerate and what you don't, and also what you allow within your boundaries and barriers within life and your online self and business, because that obviously marries and you know what that's like where... Your business is your baby, but your baby is also you. And it's quite difficult to separate those two. Um, So learning to love Joanne Larby allowed me to relax a little bit more with the Makeup Fairy. So I think that's kind of how it all happened. So you
0: online at the moment have changed your name for the Makeup Fairy. So you are Joanne Larby. Did you enjoy letting go of the Makeup Fairy? I suppose for the last few years, it wasn't predominantly makeup. There was an, a huge element of nutrition and diet and food and exercise and travel. So what does Joanne Larby, as she stands here today, what, what can we expect from her in the forthcoming 12 months of social?
1: Yeah, so it's very much... I suppose a business background with more I don't want to say lighthearted content cuz actually it's more depth filled than than ever but it's with a goal to make my audience feel really good about themselves. So when I reflect back on my old content I can see how it was curated in a manner that potentially didn't make an audience feel at peace with who they were. It it could have just looked like your best foot forward the whole time. And sometimes we often fall into the trap where we realize online content is curated but we don't believe it when we're scrolling late at night, feeling insecure about ourselves. So I wanted to be the girl that embodies making an audience feel good about themselves and feel relaxed that I'm on the same level as them, not higher, as opposed to making someone feel insecure. And it was never intentional on the other side, but you... I suppose, try and keep up with the business side of things and everything is going fantastic and everything is perfect and everything is 100% full throttle ahead, always busy, always going to events, always just living life, but that's not reality. And so integrating more and more reality and negative kind of things that happen in life is what I'm about now. And just showing people that it's okay to feel down and also look really good one day and it's okay to look really shit you know, with no makeup and greasy hair and feel great. That it's kind of, you don't have to be your best self all the time, whether that's online in a business or at home that you can just exist.
0: Do you feel more comfortable in your own skin now showing the reality than maybe 18 months ago when it was as, as perfect as you portrayed? Do you feel
1: that people know the real you now? Do you
0: know the real you now?
1: Yeah, that's, I think, a huge part of it was finding who I am and what I want from life How as well. How did
0: you do that though? Because people always say that. They're
1: like, I don't really know who I am. I went to or, Bali and I found yeah, myself. <laughs> like I went away for three weeks. I know me. <laughs> yeah. How did you find that? I think it's very much a gradual process. I think that through, I definitely think, hurt, pain, and for me, body image issues made me kind of just put things into perspective and I started to strip down and pair away the parts that weren't serving me. So I nearly did, as you would call your skincare drawer and get rid of things that were, you know, the expiry date is gone and you want to integrate new elements of skincare products into your regime. I did that with my life. So I looked at every area from friendships to, to family, to relationships, to where I am and just pared back what was no longer serving me. So I have a core belief now that I have no time for bad em- energy. It exists all around us in this world, but I don't choose to hang around with it. So I will often, if I meet someone with really negative energy, or if I have someone whose spirit is low and they're projecting or they're triggering, I actually physically wipe myself off. And say, fuck off. Fuck yeah, off. They're not they're not for me. They're not attaching to me. And I'm making sure that I'm just surrounding myself with really positive people. So yeah, through pain and through going through a tough time, which makes us all. I mean, I think when you have a couple of things happen in one go you're almost at your weakest and at that point you have a chance to rebuild so instead of seeing it as a negative you have a chance to start all over again an and yeah an opportunity and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say who am I really what's making me happy and do away what's not do you feel you
0: had to get to that stage that realisation that weaker point I don't want to say lowest point because I can't put words in anyone's mouth but you get to a point of vulnerability and as you say you get to a crossroads then we need to say right well what do I what do I want out of life is that where you feel you had to get it to be able to go
1: to be where you are now. Yeah, definitely. I think there was just a whole host of things that happened kind of in one stint as it does in life. It just snowballs. Always. What do they say? It comes in threes. It comes in threes. (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of had my three. I moved home from London. So there was a country change, which then in turn made me have to kind of reassess my career and where that was going because that was a, a last minute change. There was a breakup and then an entering into a new relationship. There was obviously a gap in between that and then my dad falling ill. And so mix into that negativity online, which essentially was my business. Every component of my life was being affected in some manner and I could have crumbled and I could have just stayed down and kind of looked at things, oh, life is awful and everything is going wrong. Or I looked at it as I did as a turning point of being the strongest person that I can be in my best self, my true self to me so that I can wake up every day and go to bed knowing who I am and what I want from life and knowing that I can actually get through anything. And I think it's almost a confidence it's like when you start a diet and at the end of the week, if you've eaten really well and you've trained, you kind of tick those boxes and you feel accomplished. And it makes you lead into Monday a little bit more competent than the previous week. And so for me, going through that negative stint allowed me, you no, know, I did it. Nothing, nothing happened. I didn't die. You know, I was able to be okay. And so, yeah, it, it gave me the true essence of who I am and I was able to take from that the ability to know that no matter what life throws at me again, I'm in a better place to handle it.
0: Do you feel that you had placed pressure on yourself? to portray a certain life a certain way I think you're a perfectionist in nature though I have seen you behind the scenes here with podcasts like you're really meticulous that's just who you are you're walking talking DNA is that you love things to be portrayed in the most beautiful light possible yeah did that pressure come from you or do you feel it's part of the social media world that not just we live in it because we work in it but like my son is on social media as a user as a teenager and yet he is susceptible to it I see it all the time he wants his hair to a certain color he wants to go to the gym but I'm like why do you want to go to the gym he wants to go to the gym because he wants Wants to look a certain way and I'm like is it because he wants to be healthy and he's like well yeah like I'm like no 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 so I just think that's the world we live in do you feel the pressure came from you or was it from society or both
1: I think I would say mostly me and the as you describe I'm a type a personality so it's it's been that way since I was small I remember my mum my mum be quite similar to me in personality and she always used to match this sounds really silly but it's relevant to match the bows in my socks to the bows in my hair and it was started off as very detailed and simplistic but matching was a huge element of when I was growing up, I couldn't mix metals and things had to be right. And so there's slight OCD tendencies in my personality and I wouldn't have compulsions, but I would have obsessive thoughts of doing things right. And that's been since I was a little girl. I I was told in my school reports back in the day that, um, you know, Brenda, that's my mom. is allowed color outside the lines. Is there anything going on at home that, you know, you're telling her she's not at the age of three. And (laughs) so this is definitely from when I was little. I look back and kind of my college work. And I remember staying up till all hours, making everything perfect. If someone told me I could print something from the internet to write the notes, I would have to write it manually. I would have to go above and beyond. And that was through school, through college and through social media. So a lot of me. And then Definitely through entering the world as a plus size model and being super comfortable with who I was and being that size, kind of always. I was always a really curvy tall plus girl.
0: As a plus size model in this
1: day and age. So when I started modelling as a plus size model, I was about a fourteen. Okay. So that was my. My, that's my kind of like middle ground size. That's where I stay when I really enjoy life. I eat what I want and then I train here and there. Yes. That's kind of the size I a stay at. Version of a rivalry. balanced version of me. And that was my adult body shape. That was all I was used to. I, was, I had no problem dating. I had no problem with friends. I was okay, you know, stripping off into a bikini at the beach. There was no issues. Then I enter into the modeling world and I kind of saw a lot of different shapes and sizes to me. And I was always the token curvy girl. So when I first started seven, eight years ago on the likes of Ireland AM and things like that, there was only one curvy girl and then there was two slimmer girls. And that's obviously to showcase different sizing. And now I understand from the manufacturing world, it's difficult to integrate all sizes because buyers you know, buy in what's selling. And I started to notice how difficult it was to feel different And all of a sudden I was being kind of compared in my own head to bodies that were very different to mine. So there was a little bit of pressure from that world. And then the social media world where you're essentially taking pictures of yourself every single day started to really play on my mind. And it started to disintegrate my idea of being comfortable in myself and really look at other people, look at edited photos of myself versus, and this is when photographers did it at the time. I'd see a little nip and tuck here and there or removal of my chin dimple and think, Hmm.
0: I had that happen to me recently. I was at a photo shoot. I looked fine and I knew what I looked like. And then I saw it being printed and I'm like, oh, I look fantastic. I'm now 16 foot and a size four. So I can only imagine that it must play havoc with your own relationship with yourself. Um, and that can then obviously escalate. You said the word obsessive and I think that that lends itself well when you work for yourself and you're an entrepreneur and you've had so many successes. You've written books, you've had your brushes. There's been, and that star, that beautiful star um, brush, the belt, the package, I still have it at home. So (laughs) I think that's phenomenal in so many ways. With regards to skincare, if I can bring it into skin, were you at the time obsessed with skin? Are you obsessed with skin? What's your love affair with skin?
1: Love affair is I'm a massive skincare junkie. I get really excited by the feeling of integration new skincare products into my skin wardrobe. I love spending time. I'd actually include it as part of my mindfulness. So the way I love being by the sea and being with my dog and those simplistic tasks, skincare is part of that. I find it's those 10 minutes to unwind and no matter what I'll fit it in. So whether it's putting in a mask once a week, um, And just allowing that downtime that I really enjoy. And I feel like, I know it sounds really funny, but if I have my nails done and I have my skincare routine in check, I feel like my life's together.
0: I completely agree, except mine's are toes. If your toes are painted... Out of the shower in the morning, and I look down, I see that my toes are done. There's something about having your toes done because no one really sees them. So I feel if that hidden part is done, then I'm in control of my life.
1: So, because they're done for you, there's no, they're yeah. not on show for anyone. It's just your, your shits together, your Although, toenails are painted.
0: in fairness. <laughs> talking about applying tan to skin, I literally have my tan to like here today because that's where my shirt goes to, and I have it on my ankles because there's a possibility if I cross my legs, you might see it. But my tummy, and my bum have no, no tan on. Are you someone that then will apply tan all over? Do you look at after your skin from top to toe.
1: Yeah, so I do look after my skin in terms of moisturizer from top to toe, but I wouldn't be a massive. What are your go-to's? Kiehl's Creme de Corps. You've always that's that's Kiehl's, it. Haven't that's you? just my favorite in terms of body moisturizer. I absolutely adore it, Um and I'm partial to an oil as well I love an oil on the skin anywhere so I like if I'm going makeup free like today I'll wear a facial oil because I like the dewiness that it gives skin when it's not mind you we're sweating in here so it's a mixture of Beautiful,
0: beautifully <laughs> dewy I
1: think I look sweat wet and right dewiness now. our podcast room is beautifully intense <laughs> nice and warm but I love an oil on the collarbone and on the shin of the leg I think it can make someone look not only youthful but it just gives this really healthy glow where things I don't like anything to look too false and that sounds ironic like, but in person, I like to look quite natural. And I think that really good skin from top to toe allows you to have to wear less tan, wear less makeup and have to do your hair less. It just, you just look more Together and healthy.
0: And I think it's confidence. I think you touch on it there. Mindfulness. That's exactly how we would describe skincare. Skincare to me is self-care. It's not that you have to have sixteen skincare steps morning and night, but it's potentially the only minute you get to yourself is when you close that bathroom door. And if you can breathe in, just scrape the hair back, cleanse, serum, SPF by morning, and the same at night. I think it's hilarious when people say to me, "Oh, I've no, um, I've no time." I'm like, well, "You've contour and lip and eyeliner and mascara and lashes on. So how did this happen?" Do you miss the makeup side of it,
1: or is that something that you're happy you've left behind? It's something that you play with yourself. I play with it now kind of in a hobby basis. So it was very much my career when I did the likes of masterclasses and workshops, and everything was so makeup based. I was a product junkie. The the way you know everything about skin, I was the same with makeup brands. And every brand that I worked with, whether it was advertising online or coming in store to do an event, I would research the brand beforehand and know their backstory and the ingredients and why they're beneficial, even if it was just a Kajal liner. Perfectionist. And I enjoy that because then you're not only telling a story and representing a brand in a positive way, but you've done the work because you're passionate about it. And I think I served my time. I did it for so long that I nearly was makeup out. Like I had no, had no time left for makeup and I stopped wearing it as much in real life. So my day-to-day routine is filling in my eyebrows, putting on really nice skincare and wearing mascara bit of lip balm and that's it. So I felt like a bit of a fraud being called a makeup fairy. I was like, I barely wear makeup anymore myself. And I guess it served a time where I was doing makeup at the weekends and I was doing weddings and things like that. And I was very much an active makeup artist whilst doing things online. And when I stopped and moved away from that area, I now play with it. So I'll do the IGTV or I'll do a makeup tutorial just for the fun of it, as opposed to having to.
0: Do you feel that I suppose makeup plays a large part in every woman's day-to-day at the moment. There's a picture that you put up the other day on Instagram that I have to comment on. So it was you kind of bent over and you showed you as you. And I read the comments underneath and they were just beautiful. People were absolutely applauding it. And I do, hats off, absolutely applaud it. Do you think that it's kind of a bizarre world that we live in that we have to applaud seeing a woman as beautiful as they are look like them, whereas we're so used to seeing something different like makeup contoured and like I, I discussed this earlier on with the team like you know I love my nose looking slimmer and my jawbone looking tighter and my hair and it's but it's not real it's not actually who I am so makeup what is your relationship with it now then after everything is it that you just like to play with it to
1: yeah with it I think I think it is just to enjoy it and it's not to look different whereas before it was very much a mask that I wore to feel my best self whatever I thought that was I think the online version of myself, I had to keep up with. And in reality, that's just not attainable. It's, you're not, for me anyway, I don't wake up first thing in the morning and think I have to get super glam. I'm going to blow dry my hair and I'm doing full contour. I never actually wore that much makeup in real life. And then ironically, I was like, why online then am I wearing more? And you see, Realistically, certain images get more attention online and it is a business and we are so used to the saturated industry of media where whether it's Cheryl Cole's mascara on a L'Oreal ad with an asterisk saying Cheryl Cole may be wearing eyelash extensions on this ad or just Joanne Larby airbrushed in an image. We're very used to that and we're very used to seeing people put their curated polished version of themselves put forth because we like what it looks like. And an It's unfortunate because it's almost ingrained in us by media that perfectionist images sell. And when you kind of put raw images, it's more impactful because you go, whoa, I'm not used to seeing that. And that's a stretch mark with that cellulite. Or that, Wow, that's amazing that they've left that in, which I is think ironic.
0: Social like People's perceptions have changed. And I mentioned this to you downstairs before we started recording. When we put up a social media post of an open pore or a before and after, and the before and after isn't somebody with example, grade four acne, and then the after is no acne, people people don't engage. They, they're they kind of taken aback. It's not really as sexy or as seductive as what they potentially want now. And that's why I loved looking at your photographs the other day. I think you have just balanced raw reality with beauty. Um, it's it's neither too
1: curated and it's not, you know, too rough and ready. You've just, ha- you really really st- struck it. Because it can't be the other side either. Because realistically, if you're just completely raw, pseudo cream on face, hair up and you a bun every either. single day, <laughs> it's too, it's too raw. It's not aspirational. People exactly. want to look up to someone who is very normal and like them, but also gets glam as well. So it's just striking a balance. And and everybody is so different with that because their balance could be wearing makeup every day and being super glam because that's true to who they are. I think it's just about owning who you really are. And I'm definitely a girl who can do both.
0: So did you lather yourself in the Kiehl's body product before you took the photograph?
1: no actually your skin's
0: really dewy yeah you have a beautiful glow and reflection to your skin I think you're right when you said earlier about the skin having whether it's highlighter created or not you know if you look at a baby's skin their skin reflects Mm. and that means if I can get nerdy the stratum corneumide the top layers of the skin are so compact and sealed together that they literally bounce like back I love when you talk nerdy (laughs) it's so seductive in (laughs) itself isn't it control yourself so I think for me when I look at people's skin what I love is that you're representing top to toe an awful lot of people talk about the skin from the collarbone up, whereas you've always been an advocate of, of top to toe. I remember going out to your house years ago and you showing me in your bedroom when you living with your mom at the time, your skin drawer. So now it's turned into a wardrobe. So congratulations, you've upgraded yourself and you are definitely a skin fiend. So if I was to walk into your bedroom now, what would I see? Like what are the core brands that are always there. So obviously Kiehl's for your body.
1: Mm -hmm. I have some Nukes body oil for my body as well. And then in terms of skin, I really do use a mixture and I, I like to guinea pig skincare products. So I'm not someone who is an avid user of one brand and that's it.
0: Do you give them enough time though? Like if you choose to buy brand X or brand X is sent to you, do you use it for the minimum one month, two months to be able to truly see if you see a difference?
1: not always
0: it's hard though I can only imagine like the amount that you must get sent you get excited
1: when you get something new and then all of a sudden I've forgotten that I'm meant to be trying something else so because it's quite leisurely now for me and I'm enjoying trying new skincare no I wouldn't be too regimented, but I have my firm favorites where I know I've used them an extensive amount of time they've run out and I've got them again so that's obviously a good testament what brands are they? Image skincare. I think you got me onto image skincare all I those remember, years ago. Yeah. Vital C is my favorite range. You always loved the cleanser and this is serum. It's a lot to do with the smell. I'm not going to lie. That's initially what <laughs> Dweller, drew me to it. We have
0: trademarked <laughs> name smell, don't change self. But it is, it's definitely an emotional attachment. And that's the thing when you speak about your skincare being your mindfulness, your me time, mm-hmm. I understand why you like the smell of it. I yeah. just wouldn't buy it solely for the smell. But no, keep that but that's one element that drew
1: me in initially. I love <laughs> yeah. the pleasant feeling of using it. And then it's obviously really nice as well. I like a good cream cleanser. Um, I like SkinCeuticals. What's your favorite, CE Ferulic? No, it's actually a mask, the Ooh. B5 mask. Oh yeah, I've only tried it a couple of times. Phyto, phyto, is that that one? It's no. Hydra Hi, something, I think, okay. Hydra something B5 mask. Why it's a like clear it? gel. It's very cooling and refreshing. refreshing on the skin and I find that I can leave it on and go about my business. So it's not a mask that I will scare the postman at the door. Width. So I actually quite like to leave a mask. I'm not sure how good that is. But I like okay. to leave a mask yeah, on yeah, yeah, and just do things like go out for a walk or I'll leave it on a flight or something like that. So really good for nourishment and hydration. So I would be someone who would suffer with surface dehydration. So I would look tired and slightly more aligned when my skin is in need of a drink. So we love a those mask.
0: wrinkles. Do you ever say have a tipple or two on a Saturday evening, look at yourself on Sunday
1: and get a fright and your
0: stomach might be flatter because you're dehydrated, but then your eyeballs are also flatter. And it is, it's, we call them drinkles because they're dehydrated wrinkles. So superficial dehydration is a real
1: thing. Yeah. So skin surgicals, image. Drunk elephant. elephant mm. is a new favorite. I'm a big fan of the fact that they're very natural in ingredients. Um, there actually is no scent, which is new for me because I, I'm quite fond of the superficial things that shouldn't matter in a yeah, skincare brand. But it's a journey, I understand. So there is a souffle moisturizer that's quite whipped and nice and light. And I also love, I'm just trying to think of other ones now, Declayor Tangerine Facial Oil.
0: Okay. Well, you love an oil? I love an oil. Do you mix your oil in with serums and moisturizers? Or yeah. So I usually
1: tend to mix two drops in at my moisturizer and put it in. So it will either be a full skincare routine where I've got the works, which is your double cleanse and your toner, and then you go in with the likes of a mask or an exfoliating treatment, eye cream. You know the whole shebang, the sixteen steps. That I definitely don't do. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. No, it's it's whatever I fancy at the time. But if I'm going for a normal day to day, it's combining oil in a moisturiser or serum and moisturiser step. That so would be what I would tend to do.
0: To have yourself on your, uh, to your okay. If you look in the mirror right now, what would you say to me? Your concerns are
1: always dehydration around the eyes so the drinkles but it's not okay. from drink because I don't really drink so I just have smile lines around the eyes which is from a happy life Yeah, <laughs> but it also it can make me look slightly tired so okay. I would say fine lines around the eyes and I would say surface dehydration 100% because I can tell even in my forehead there's this layer even if I exfoliate, that just needs to go away. There's a dewiness underneath it. And when I'm having a really good skin day, I know that the even my expression lines don't hold as much. Whereas if I have a tired, dehydrated skin day, I look as if I've got new wrinkles, which essentially aren't. aren't. Sure. They're just holding because there's a lack of moisture. So. And
0: would the Skin SkinCeuticals mask be your go-to? Like if you went home tonight, looked and we saw that that's a you apply?
1: That or I'm just thinking as well, I quite like the Origins green mask. It's I can't remember the name of it. It's a hydrating it one. Yeah. Is
0: it yellow when you open it?
1: It's actually avocado and Swiss Swiss glacier water. Oh my goodness.
0: Okay. That was a memory of a laugh, <laughs> wasn't it?
1: I can't remember. Oh, here it is. But I need to try skin ingredients. So. You
0: do. Yeah. There's no light. No, yeah. no, you'll find skin ingredients hard because there is no smell whatsoever. And that was one of our proudest moments because to formulate a product, it's easier to mask the smell Absolutely. with essential oils or fragrances, but because they tend to be an irritant for the skin, we chose not to have them in it. So I'll, I'll definitely. But it's
1: it better for after. the skin. And I know that myself. And I say that, that it's totally a topical illusion Yeah. that you like dirty. the smell of something, but you need to kind of progress. And it's the same. I often compare it to hair care. I love a shampoo that suds up, not necessarily great for the hair, full of sulfate. So it's just to do with adjusting.
0: You've been really vocal about your hair and the fact that it is thinner of a thinner disposition. So I'd be similar to you and I have leaned on extensions for far too long. Um, Is hair masks as important to you as skin masks and, you know, having that kind of ritual or does it go down in the pecking
1: order? No, I definitely look after my hair because it's got a lot better over the past few months slash year. And I definitely think stress was a contributing factor to my hair loss. It's definitely associated. So a little background on where that came from. I was around 18 or 19 I got my tonsils out um, and they nicked an artery in my throat, which sounds very dramatic. It's not, it's one in five people who have the operation when they've larger tonsils at an older age stayed in hospital a little bit longer than I should have and was perhaps on antibiotics and morphine for a bit longer. And purely from the trauma on my body from ear, nose and throat, which is directly linked to hair, uh, I started to experience hair loss as a gradual thinning and dispersing as opposed to coming out in clumps or in the pillow or anything like that. Um, and it pretty much went gradually thin from eighteen nineteen. to until about 29, 30, and I'm 32 now. So for the past two years, it's been getting a little bit better. And I think that a lot of it is to do with removing stress, but also a really good hairdresser who does your extensions without pulling the natural hair, because I always wear extensions. I've worn extensions for the past eight years I haven't had a break I'm not someone who goes into the hairdresser and says I'm gonna give my hair a little bit of break and go out with a blow dry I can't <laughs> I can't so really good hairdresser very good extension application so that you're not damaging your existing hair allowing the scalp breathe. So that was a huge thing for me I used to use hair powders and a lot a of lot dry of shampoo okay. and I was closing off the pores and so sebum would build up my hair would be greasy but then my pores were kind of or sorry my follicles I'm saying pores thinking of skin follicles would be blocked and then new hair was finding it really difficult to grow it's like essentially putting muck over a growing you know flower or something like that and expecting it to just break on through yeah it's like a cling film over So So really good shampoo um and instead of what I used to do was go for a shampoo that was for greasy hair instead I go for clarifying so removing of buildup of products on the scalp to allow the scalp breathe
0: eye creams yes or no
1: yes I know I should be using it all the time I don't think so Okay. So I find that I often forget it as part of my step. Even if it's sitting in front of me, I have a a cabinet, as you say, a skin wardrobe in front of me with various eye creams. Do I put it on every day? Absolutely not.
0: Do you know, do you have vitamin A in your skincare regime? No. You don't know? I've never
1: tried... Retinol products, and I don't go for vitamin A as such for no other reason than I just haven't. So I don't think, I'm sure it's in some of my products. But you're not aware. But I'm not aware, and I've never tried, I've been afraid of retinol
0: when you say you're 32 now a lot of our clients would be similar ages and their answer is okay like my skin's great it's a good condition I'm really fortunate good genes etc but it's a preventative is that something that you would like to try and prevent lion's wrinkles or where in the raw yes, world I yeah. would like to prevent <laughs> who said no, to that? no does anyone say no to that happy. question <laughs> um, when we speak about vitamin A you mentioned that you're scared of retinol a lot of people are but the interesting thing is there's lots of new forms of vitamin A on the market that aren't as aggressive as retinol so so, because you said to me in an earlier conversation that you get quite red and reactive with water—not sea, but you know the pool or um, the shower, for example—there's a possibility that you would then be more susceptible to being irritated by retinol. Okay. So, I would be a bigger fan of encouraging you to use non-forms of non-retinol forms of vitamin A,
1: should I say? So, so say for example, I've used an acid-type product. I'm trying to think of an exact exact example because you might be familiar. Um, Oh, I think it's Sunday Riley Luna. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. So I use that and my skin would have been slightly dry and not itchy, but as if it was removing. Sensitized. And then I just stop. And I think that that's quite similar to a lot of people because they're afraid that it's starting to peel the skin. It doesn't feel nice, but you've to weather that.
0: Yes and no. This is the thing. So it depends on the brand. So in skincare, there's like cosmetics, which are kind of your... They've stood the test of time, your mass market brands, in a sense. If that causes you dehydration, irritation, sensitivity, then I would say, no, that's not ideal because that's not what they're created to do. But as you said, if it's a vitamin A or an acid, then that's okay because there's an element of your skin having to adjust, like the gym where you kind of walk like John Wayne for a few days, but you don't ring a personal trainer panic and you just know your muscles have not moved like that for quite a while or ever. So that's okay. But then if it persists, it's just not right for you. And like within skin ingredients, for example, to be completely blatantly honest, and you never hear brand owners speak, like this we have had people that have just like some of the products just don't suit them and I'm never going to try and you know force that down their neck at all it'll be that's why we've recruited a beautiful human who works five days a week and her sole job is to apply to skin ingredients and um, dms on Instagram and Facebook so that if anyone says my skin's great she's like brilliant let me help you or you know how do I find a product she's there but similarly like I've got, a, I've got more spots than what I had before um, and it's not that I'm trying to paint us in a negative light I think I'm just painting us in a real light that so that happens so your fear is justified I think it's the support thereafter that brands should be giving to ensure that if that happened to you, that
1: you could go somewhere and say it to somebody. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. So in the morning time, do you double cleanse or cleanse? One or two?
1: It depends. So if I've been wearing makeup the day before, I'll double cleanse. If not, single cleanse.
0: Presuming though that you did clean your face at night. Yes. Okay. Yes. Have, when Absolutely. is the last time that you went to bed without any, without, without cleansing
1: your face? I'm going to sound like an angel, but I can't remember. And it's only because I don't really party anymore.
0: Okay. So for, <laughs> in your party
1: day. Par- you, oh my God, I was terrible.
0: Here's my batty buzzer question. So in your party days, were you a wipe user? Yes. Were you a wipe addict? Yes. <laughs> when is the last time you think you remember and you'll admit to using a wipe?
1: Genuinely too long ago. I'd okay. say five years ago. Okay. That's right. That's I don't even, I just don't own them. I just yes. don't have them don't in my house them. for convenience. The way I, to be honest, my version of a wipe now is my cellar waters with okay. cotton pads. So it's just as quick and easy if I need to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your take on them?
0: Not a massive fan. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's like a, so... Say if wipes are the not so great for your skin, then micellar is only perhaps a little step
1: removed yeah, from that. I thought not. that. Yeah, okay, so that's my edit. version of wipes. So I've definitely I've definitely used my waters in replacement yes. of Wipes, wipes,
0: and your boyfriend is he a skin advocate he seems to have beautiful skin from from seeing him on the internet
1: yeah Does so he steal your product he was like would you would you ask a question for me <laughs> okay on I'm ready what the podcast it? okay so I don't know how you're going to think about this and I said I don't think I should ask that because I think I know the answer already okay when I met Adam he used baby oil and that's it as in on his skin body face cleanse it just hydrate it to I don't know what he thought he was <laughs> doing with it. Okay, Okay, know. I'll give you the reasoning, which right. he has given me. He no longer does it, by the way. So he'll kind of use whatever is in my skin wardrobe and say, Is this okay? And yeah. we'll do face masks together and stuff. He's definitely open to skincare, great, but has naturally genetically very nice skin. His dad used to use baby oil. And his dad is now 70, I think, and looks really good, really young, but he just swears about it. I put it in my hair, I put it on my skin and his wife, Adam's mum, thinks he's bonkers. I think it's just genetics. Perhaps his dad just has good skin and he's just aged okay. But he swears my baby us when I met him first baby oil, And he's like, is, can you just ask her, is that okay?
0: Statistically, the reality is the majority of our aging process is caused by our extrinsic factors. So whether we smoke, drink, life, pollution, stress, etc. But a lot of people feel that it's down to their parents. And this is like the bearer of bad news. So if Adam was here in front of me now, I'd say, my dad has great skin. I'd say, yes. So you have a choice. You can either kind of invest in that genetics or you can kind of squash and squander it, so you can decide. Baby oil, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think it has perhaps the most progressive
1: ingredients on the market. But look, it's it I was just for shocked that he used decades. it on his face skin, and I know that sounds funny because, like, baby oil on your body, fine, bit of a sheen, wouldn't really expect it to do much.
0: People tend to
1: say comedogenic,
0: nonsense. which means mm-hmm. it just gets blackheads. So he obviously didn't find it that way. I just think we should actually, and I don't mean this as sexist, is as going to come across. Applaud the fact that he's using something, and that his dad and his seven he was because it's not. Oh, and still,
1: still, still yeah. using it, yeah.
0: But then, but look, if it's working for him, all he's literally doing is hydrating his skin on the absolute daily, which is better than the majority of people are trying to do on their body. They just ignore it. So, would I be an advocate of it as the main product to go to? No. Would I um, critique somebody who's attempting to? No. I just think there's definitely, I am happy to hear he's raiding your skin word
1: Yeah, I think he's using the organic pharmacy at the moment. We went on a press trip recently and he's enjoying the fact that it's, I mean, he's pretty much close to vegan he's as plant-based as you can get. So I think his diet is fantastic. He eats an awful lot of vegetables and he would be very healthy in his lifestyle. He doesn't smoke, never did. And he wouldn't booze too much. Diet-wise,
0: so, when you and I met originally, you were definitely a Jim Bonnet and your food, I remember you telling me how meticulous you were with your food. For us in Nerd HQ, we talk about the skin being an organ and how you should feed it inside, look after it outside on the tip top. So Where is, where in the world are you with food now? You're, you've eliminated meat and dairy and Yeah, well,
1: I'm, I'm as good as possible with dairy. I still allow myself cheese and chocolate. So they're my two vices. That's I never bad. I never drank milk and I never had cream. So dairy wasn't too bad for me. I found it very difficult with eggs. So I cut out eggs initially. I went fully vegan for about a month and a half, just purely to test it, to see how I'd get on with it. If it was really difficult, what I'd miss. And that was just a personal choice. Adam was cooking a lot at home and I was like, this is so tasty. Like I don't miss meat at all. Let me just give it a go. So after the vegan stint, I thought I miss cheese far too much. That's just for me. That's a pleasure in life. I enjoy it. Glass of wine, cheese board. You're sold. And when I was eating out as well, especially our kind of work, you'd be meeting people or you grab lunch on the go. I was finding it really difficult because there was either cheese in a salad or there was eggs in a pasta and I was just finding it tough. And I admire and applaud anyone who can go fully vegan. So I would be as plant-based as I can. As I said, have cheese and chocolate as my vices, but I haven't touched meat in a year. Yeah. Around June of last year, I think I stopped eating meat and I Haven't looked back.
0: Curiously, from a skin perspective, did you see a difference? Because we would have a lot of clients that say they've either gone vegan or taken they've they actually started eating meat again. They're reintroducing it, and their skin can fluctuate massively.
1: I didn't find a massive fluctuation with my skin. I think my overall lifestyle change of not really drinking alcohol and being relatively—I wouldn't say I'm actually that good with food—because I have a lot more carbs in my diet now. Because when you go kind of vegetarian, you nearly fill it up with extra things. Okay. So I I was like, I'll be the skinny vegan. And no, (laughs) I actually put on weight, but I was having more pasta and bread and grains and things like that. So I didn't notice a massive fluctuation. I wondered, and I was very curious to see that cutting out the likes of fish. I used to eat smoked salmon every single day and I thought I'd lose kind of an oiliness to my skin. I haven't necessarily noticed it, but I think it's very hard because you have to put context into a skin change. So for me, my life became less stressful and I was happier. I drink an awful lot of water. So no, I didn't see a huge difference bad or good
0: well that's fair and a lot of people do some people do some people
1: don't and that's it was fair. an indifferent change for my skin to be honest yeah.
0: if I was to ask you something is there any skin story that you can cast your mind back on be it that you're on a press trip be it something you've done to your skin be it something you did as a child a skin story that we should all know about now is your time to confess is
1: this like a guilty thing yeah oh I was a picker of spots. Were you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's not the worst I could think of, but I definitely, I'm someone who is, if my boyfriend has a blackhead, like I, I'm at it. That's true love though. Yeah. That is true love. Well, I mean, I don't think he appreciates it, but (laughs) I can't, it's the perfectionist thing. It's just getting rid of something and knowing that I can kind of clear it, not in the best way. So definitely a picker. Um, And this is less of a confession, but I had a very interesting story happen to me. So I've got a scar on my chin. And I remember going to the GP just to check what this kind of white bump was. It essentially, looked like milia, which was like a blocked white head, but it didn't have. A raised bump, and it wasn't like a pustule, if that makes sense. Exactly like milia would look underneath the eye, except for it was on my chin. We just got it checked out, and the GP sent me straight to a dermatologist. Was a little bit worried about it, and the dermatologist said we need to get a biopsy on that. It was all just really frantic, and I was thinking, oh my god, if I got how long, like days? Yeah, a short enough period of time. You're
0: waiting months to see people.
1: Yeah, well. I probably was waiting to see the dermatologist and then kind of straight away, he said, look, we just want to do a biopsy on it just to double check. So we go all worried thinking it could be something like, I don't know what I was thinking, skin cancer or some sort of rare, weird disease from this white bump in my chin, which was bothering nobody and got my biopsy, which was essentially like a little puncture wound of the chin. So I have a scar from that, a couple of stitches and they said, oh, it's just folliculitis, just a blocked baby hair after all of that after all of that so I now have a tiny little scar on my chin which looks bigger than what it was and it was just a little blocked hair
0: <laughs> that's so
1: frustrating mm. so there's a skin story
0: there's it that, that one that will definitely do for our skin story stories so Joanne Larby you have been extremely honest with us you've been extremely honest online you've Completely. I suppose, as you said, yourself had an overhaul. You seem to be happy. You seem to be comfortable in your own skin. It's been an absolute pleasure to see you after all these years. Thank you so much for your time. Where can our beautiful nerd networkers and beyond listeners and
1: learn more from you? So everything is larby.com and it's at Joanne Larby on social media in terms of handles. And then the other side of perfect.com is the website for my new podcast series. We're nearly coming to a close in series one. So if you just look on iTunes, Spotify, a cast anywhere. All of the links are there for the other side of Perfect. And that's and my it's new
0: baby. Playing a blinder, isn't it? Like you were saying to me before we started recording, it's been in the charts. It's mm-hmm. number one in the business charts.
1: Yeah, we're in society and culture, arts and business. And we kind of seem to be staying there, which is fantastic. It's all down to the guests. I wanted this to be very much my baby where I took a back seat. So it's not about me. I'm just hosting and facilitating a conversation with really interesting and inspiring individuals. And it's a passion project that's not for money. It's not for me. Need to gain anything from it it's for me to learn and to give back from my platform for the listeners
0: it has been an absolute pleasure to get know to know you a little better and beneath your skin thank you Thank you for listening to the Skin Nerd Podcast. Make sure to follow us so you don't miss any juicy skin confessionals. For more information on our very own skincare range, Skin Ingredients, do visit us on SkinGredients.com or for personalized skin advice, join the Nerd Network. Visit www.theskinnerd.com forward slash online skin consultations and use ooh, the code podcast10 for 10% off Nerd Network membership. Speak soon.